Welcome, everyone, to episode zero of the Art Adjacent Podcast. I'd like to begin by saying that it is a privilege to be able to speak on the topics that I am deeply passionate about and have a place where I can hopefully share that zeal. I plan for this podcast to be a place where I can speak candidly about a variety of subjects, but limited to the world of art. You will hear a variety of voices from a variety of backgrounds and experiences with me as your central narrator. The subjects that we will touch on will vary from episode to episode, but they will generally include various forms of art, including film, music, prose, poetry, and painting. As such, I will try and include all the relevant information so that each of these discussions will begin at an equal starting place for both us who are speaking on these subjects and giving our opinions, and for those of you listening, wherever you might be. But today, we must first begin at true zero and talk about what art itself means. To me, art is the communication of feeling between two people that is not constrained to typical forms of communication, be it speaking or in writing. Art, much like life, is reaching for something. The poet hopes to find a way to communicate emotion through words. The musician scales the mountains of triumph and delves into the pits of despair through melody and rhythm. The painter captures a fleeting feeling within the bounds of their canvas. The sculptor reveals life hidden in the material world. The photographer emulates life, life past, life now, and life to come. These modes of expression hope to communicate where language fails us, for we can be limited in understanding if we cannot properly place such feelings or experiences into words. I think what is important to consider when discussing the idea of art is that we cannot put limitations on what can and cannot be considered art. If its creator believes it is, or if the consumer of the art believes it is, that is irrelevant. Art flourishes through the free-flowing of the mind, but structure and meticulous planning are not requirements. Speaking about what great art is, or even what poor art is, are valid conversations to be had, but no person can qualify or disqualify what art is. It is simply up to the individual to determine what aspect of art resonates with them. Art can mean many things to many people, and those feelings can and will shift over time. I personally did not feel very strongly about any kind of art during middle school and high school. I specifically saw poetry as arbitrarily structured and needlessly vague. I'm sure many people have had similar thoughts as I did, but nevertheless, I could not bring myself to enjoy or understand poetry. That is, until my first class in college, English 1A, where we read Charles Bukowski extensively in our poetry unit. Reading the poem Bluebird is where poetry finally resonated within me. I finally got it. Poetry is not just about finding obscure ways of explaining something that we all understood, nor is it an art form that has overstated its welcome in our current age. Poetry is about feeling. It is about trying to say something that cannot quite be told to someone in a conversation nor referred to in a letter. Then the doors in my metaphorical house of my view of art were blown to pieces. I could finally see the artist behind the art. I could get a glimpse at their intentions and their art could reach within me across any genre, whether that is film, or writing, or music, or 
painting. I was floored by the genius of artists. Artists are a people apart from the rest of us. Artists get a glimpse of the world that we cannot quite see and can develop the skills to communicate their vision. They are a privileged bunch and a marker of the development of society where we are no longer totally preoccupied with the survival or the continuation of the species, but rather with complex emotions, relationships, and a brief look at the sublime, that is to say, that which is beyond us. But disembodied voice, aren't some artists real assholes? Why should we value their art? Well, that's a worthy discussion to be had. Is the context of the historical period important in understanding a piece of art? Certainly. Is the context of the beliefs of the artist important? Yeah. So why should we separate art from the artist? Well, doesn't the art stand apart from the artist? Once it's created, its umbilical cord is cut, and it lives and breathes on its own. No matter how many times Ridley Scott tries to change and add to Blade Runner, we all still know that movie is great but boring as hell. I suppose this is an awfully hot take to begin a podcast with, but hot takes tend to lead to great discussions. So none of us will shy away from bringing up controversial opinions. This podcast is ultimately a place where I will talk about the things I am passionate about, but that does not mean that the discussion ends here. I want to hear what all of you have to say as well, because your voices and opinions are valuable, even if you do not feel that way in other aspects of your life. I do not know you, I do not know where you come from, nor what you have experienced. Your views can and will be different than the ones I or any of my guests hold, but that does not mean your perspective are worth any less just because you do not have a microphone in front of your face. But enough of this intro, let's talk about art. Today, since I brought up the poem that opened up the world of art to me, I figured there is no more fitting place for us to begin our journey together. Bluebird is a poem by the controversial poet of the late 20th century, Charles Bukowski. He's widely known for his frank, crude, and graphic poetry as well as his hedonistic lifestyle. I would be surprised if there's anything more inside of him than cigarette smoke and wine. You can watch a wonderful documentary about him, if such a man interests you, called Born Into This from 2004 released a decade after his death in 1994. It explains a lot of the nuance of the man behind the pen, and I would personally recommend it both as a look into him and also as a film. Bukowski was a man who struggled to make life work for him, but no matter how hard he tried, life seemed to have a personal grudge with him. He was not an attractive man, not particularly gifted, spent much of his work, spent much of his life working odd jobs, and heavily relied on substances. Yet despite not having an extensive education, a polished body of work, or wide appeal, his works have an emotional quality to them that the word deep would be a severe disservice to qualify them as. Now to the poem itself. It is quite short, so I'll read it in its entirety before talking about it. It begins, There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out. But I'm too tough for him. I say, stay in there. I'm not going to let anybody see you. There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out. But I pour whiskey on him and inhale cigarette smoke. And the whores and the bartenders and the grocery clerks never know that 
he's in there. There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out, but I'm too tough for him. I say, stay down. Do you want to mess me up? Do you want to screw up the works? Do you want to blow my book sales in Europe? There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out, but I'm too clever. I only let him out at night sometimes when everybody is asleep. I say, I know that you're there, so don't be sad. Then I put him back, but he's singing a little in there. I haven't quite let him die. And we sleep together like that with our secret pact. And it's nice enough to make a man weep, but I don't weep. Do you? Vulnerability is a quality tough to balance, isn't it? Being too vulnerable leaves one to be seen as potentially unstable or too sensitive. Being overly stern gives one the appearance of a lack of approachability. But where does Bukowski stand? Well, as a man of German descent living in the 20th century America, given the appearance that you are a strong, self-reliant, self-made, and dependable person is a sentiment that cannot be overstated. There's a dichotomy here that he finds himself within, the person that he wants to represent himself as, and the deeply emotional and vulnerable person that he struggles to keep private. The tragedy of this poem is not his struggle with vulnerability with others, but that he cannot stand to let himself succumb to his own emotions. He cannot even admit to himself the desire to cry, desire to feel, desire to let his feelings be shared and known. Yet this is a poem, isn't it? He had this published f fully knowing the implications that each and every word he has written will be studied over and scrutinized. It is a strange irony that he cannot stand to be true to himself, but he can share his feelings with strangers, even to those of us who are born after he has passed on. A bluebird is the symbol he decidedly uses to signify his stifled emotions. Birds are often used symbolically in art to represent freedom, beauty, and a worry-free temperament. So why a bluebird? It's not a bird particularly known for its beautiful singing. It rather has a song of few notes and in a rather short length. It isn't particularly large or small, and its defining plumage seems to be the only remarkable thing about it. When I was doing my research, I was really hoping to find that these birds were both found in Germany, Bukowski's birthplace, and in America, yet they are only found here in North America. But this poem was published in 1992, just a few years before his death in 94. He might very well have seen himself as fully American at this point in his life, and with his declining health, I am certain this must have been a deeply contemplative period in his life. Who couldn't be, when faced with the death slowly approaching? He admits clearly here that he stuffed that bird down with whiskey and cigarette smoke. He was so fearful of losing everything he has struggled to attain. He's fearful for himself, his works, and his book sales in Europe. Even in this time of emotional instability, he cannot help but put in an oddly specific fear that feels to me very human. When we are comfortable with talking with someone we love, we sometimes let slip something we might not have if we are more guarded. But no matter how hard he tries to drown his little bluebird to stop it from singing, he keeps singing a little for he cannot bear to let it die.
we ought to think clearly about where we can benefit in our own lives from this poem. What relationships do we have that we can be comfortable in revealing our inner turmoil? How can we achieve an appropriate balance of stability and vulnerability? Isn't it much more painful to keep shoving it all down instead of being true to ourselves and others about our inadequacies? Bukowski gives us a lot to think about here, and I would like to implore all of you to seek out meaningful relationships that you can have these hard conversations with. Being honest about our hurt and our fears is not an insignificant thing, nor is it an easy one, but it is a necessary one. I would like to thank everyone for listening this far into the podcast. This will not be the typical length going forward, but I figured such an episode as this would be necessary before diving into some more meteor topics in the future. I would like to thank the support and help of my friends who inspired me to do this in the first place. I'm so very excited to talk about some art. If anyone has questions or comments, you can reach out on any of our social media accounts or email us at artadjacentpodcast at gmail.com. You can find all of our resources at linktree forward slash artadjacentpodcast. That is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E forward slash artadjacentpodcast. In the meantime, the website is being designed and built, but the rest of our social media stuff you can find at that link tree. It has been a pleasure, and I hope you join us again. To quote the great Jim Carrey in the movie The Truman Show, good morning, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.